Welcome to Hustle Lounge. Sincere thanks to our audience and their feedback on our first episode that went live last Tuesday. Your response has been so encouraging and we are so glad that you loved it. At Hustle Lounge, we bring real relatable narratives of entrepreneurs from world over. If you are a startup enthusiast, you're surely at the right place. Expect life lessons, hacks and some real learnings and of course a fun chat. We have our content on various platforms like YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Jio Seven and so on in both video and audio formats to make it convenient for you to consume via a medium of your choice. So, give it a big thumbs up and share these videos so that your friends and family can get the benefit that we are aiming from these episodes. On this episode of the Hustle Lounge, we are interacting with Renu Bisht. She is a technology entrepreneur and a digital leader with over 12 years of experience with Fortune 500 companies like KPMG, Wipro and Aditya Birla. She founded Vanity Q back in 2014 and it's India's largest mobile salon. Uh, it scaled up to 1 lakh loyal customers and they raised 24 crores uh, from VC funds. uh and in 2017 uh they got strategically acquired by VLCC so uh you know it's a great opportunity for everyone listening and watching us today uh, on uh, the hustle lounge and uh, to begin with garima what is the hustle that we are talking about today uh thanks anurag and uh, welcome renu uh the hustle that sort of you know got our focus when we were talking all this while with you is something that i think takes me back to one of the first classes of b school saying the business of a business is to make money and your focus on uh keeping the finances in place right from day 1 uh and hustling around it was really really endearing and we wanted to speak a bit more about that so to begin with we want to understand how did you raise your seed fund uh and how long did it last great thank you first of all for inviting me uh, for for this session um, and it's great interacting with you guys uh, so back in um, i think august 2014 when we started um, i think we had our own uh, you know literally i could call it as life saving me and pragya my co-founder so we invested close to around 15 16 lakh rupees in the business at the start right we started with gurgaon as a city um and you know started with couple of girls uh, you know uh, on our payroll uh, to experiment with the concept right uh, and we suddenly saw that in the month to itself we were operationally break even so uh, that was a good thing for us uh, and the idea was just to sort of expand the business now at end of december 2014 the same year early jan 2015 is when we thought that you know we are growing at a certain pace and now we need to move out of gurgaon where we were primarily operational uh, we wanted to move out of gurgaon to at least capture the en- entire delhi ncr region and we thought probably the same amount of money which we invested during the gurgaon launch which was around 15 16 lakh probably that would be sufficient for us you know to launch delhi as well uh so we happened to chat with couple of our friends we knew um you know some of our friends um, do investment in the startup space we spoke with them about the idea and they sort of liked it you know uh, at that time the home salon industry was really not really big right today there are multiple players in the market who are delivering such services including salons and itself um so we happened to chat with him and um, you know he liked the idea he wanted to invest and suddenly um, you know and the ask was very simple right uh, 15 lakh uh, for launch in delhi 
but what happened was um, you know suddenly he liked the idea he told to three of his friends his three friends told to another three friends and suddenly from that 15 lakh of us we could raise almost around 2.7 cr kind of money at that point in time Uh, also at the same time when we started up in august 2014 a um, couple of vc funds were chasing us they wanted to understand what we are doing and they were tracking us in terms of our growth and very much interested in investing in us so when we were closing this round we reached out to some of them again to ask if they want to be part of that first investment round and they were happy to you know shell around 60 70 lakh at that point in time so we had a combination of our first round which was family friends and um, you know a certain vc who invested in us at at that point in time uh, now look at this when we started in august 2014 that money lasted that the, the investment which came from our direct pocket lasted till may 2015 right and it could have lasted more because we were operationally break even we were, we as founders were not taking salaries but otherwise all the other expenditures like your rentals your salaries uh, all the product procurement cost all that operational cost was taken care of right and then we raised um, 2.7 cr at around march april when we closed our round uh, and that money from 2015 april only lasted till december 2016 right where we actually again potentially started looking out for uh, funds again uh, because uh, you know uh, if you look at when whenever there is an angel round or an vc comes into picture there's a lot of pressure to also grow at the same time um so so that was the cycle uh, we started with a small round but got into a big round uh, and post that obviously in the second round um, you know we also spoke to um, uh, in december 2016 we also spoke to brands when the the money was almost about to exhaust um, you know brands like pcpl which is uh, directly don't pay in cash but gives you lot of leeway and funds to market the business right that was the second round when we raised in the third round was directly raised uh, at the vlcc where we had a strategic acquisition happen uh, by them uh, in 2017 mid 2017 So uh, Renu uh, was there ever a runway scare uh, that you faced uh, while doing the business like you said you know um, uh, the initial rounds with uh, the company were with friends and family and a few VCs and then you raised a second round so operational wise you know you were comfortable but i'm sure you know in the growth phase when you plan to scale uh, sometimes you feel that uh, you know you know what if i land into a situation and uh, and i have that you know block in front of me so was there ever such situation in the business i think i would say every entrepreneur goes through this phase where there's a runway scare right <laughs> i think the life is all about that um so yes i think yeah. uh, very early on right and that's when when you start raising your first round when you feel that there is a runway scare um but now i think a lot of b2b startups have started to become more matured where you know they they are making money but to expand or to launch a certain set of business they want more money right uh, but when we started up i think um, obviously um, you know uh, with a with our own money when we when we scale to a certain level we thought that if we don't have money probably we may be able to take you know uh, we will be able to grow but the growth will be very small right uh, and we needed to go big and that's why every startup go for uh, you know funding be it your angel investor or be, be it your vcs so yes so i think the first scare came when we got our first angel money round and um you know uh, so where do we spend that money right and as when when you see that money for the first time that big 
2.75 crore, uh, you want to, you know, obviously hire a big team, you want to hire your corporate team, you want to invest a little bit on your office, etc. You start as a founder, start taking salary if you think that fits into the budget of the entire business planning, etc. Uh, so when we started doing that, obviously we realized that the money was getting exhausted much faster than we expected it to, right? Uh, especially when you are in a growth phase, you spend a lot of money on marketing. Uh, and hence, it becomes very, very important for startups to actually have one person in the team, you call it accountant, finance guy, whosoever that person is, to tightly control that money and look at your runway. Now, there are two kinds of startup. Our startup was money-eating startup, right? Because, um, you know, with every... Uh, and, and Vanity Cube is basically a home salon service. So only every beautician can only do so much, right? She would have uh, a typical bandwidth of doing three, four orders a day and every order we only can do so much. So uh, we had an upper limit, um, you know, for every beautician who was serving those orders. But the spend which you need to do on marketing or, you know, hiring new people, trying to fill the gap between your old versus yeah. new beautician is very, very high at the start when you're growing up. Uh, so, so, so that time, obviously, um, you know, when we raised the first round, our money got exhausted much faster than we expected. And uh, what we did was actually move back to our old office because our uh, office cost was very, very high, right? So, yes, there was a runway scale three times. Number one, when we raised our first round of money, it got exhausted at a certain time. Uh, we had to go to another uh, funding or a VC firm uh, for next round of money. And that money was about to get over, you know, when there was this third round of ELCC, which has happened. One thing which needs to be considered while looking at a runway is obviously, you know, in today's scenario, if your business uh, run rate, monthly expenditure, or I would say the burn is very, very high, then your runway has to be at least 12 months, if not more, right? And if your business operational costs yeah. are not very, very high uh, on a monthly basis or your uh, at least operationally break even, then probably you can anywhere take a runway of seven to eight months, but nothing below that. Because if you have only runway for eight months and you don't have money after that, uh, it's the time, you know, you should start going back to your VCs uh, or figuring it out how that next set of money will come in the business. Renu, uh, uh, just just to follow up on this uh, to our listeners and viewers today, uh, what sort of strategies they can implement to make sure that they understand this runway? Like, like you know, a lot of people don't understand that how much my runway is in reality. So it's easy to, you know, look at your books and see what money you have and where you have to spend. But I think, you know, if you can share uh, maybe a couple of tips with them uh, through which they can at least start off by understanding their runway and realizing the truth behind what is the real money that they have in bank and what is the superficial thing that they are looking at. So maybe that can help them out a bit. Correct. So I think one of the things which we did early on, uh, which our investors told us to do, I didn't know, at least at that point in time, today entrepreneurs are more smart, is that whatever money we got at that point in time, right, we reinvested that in, uh, you know, different funds so that until we are using that money, that money is giving us some kind of additional return and not really just sitting in our current account, right? So that was the number one point where your whatever lump sum money is at. And, and actually matured VCs exactly know this. It's only at the angel round, probably the, the founders wouldn't know that, you know, you, need, you can reinvest or you can use this money at some other place. Uh, having said that, I think the most important thing what we need to do as a founder is it's mandatory and not to show it to VC, but to, you know, to ourselves that what is our next six months plan and what is our next 12 months plan? Generally, I've seen when we do planning, 
Uh, yeah. We over project our growth and under project our expenditures, right? We think, oh, by spending 100 rupees, we'll get 1000 rupees revenue, right? You should always do the other way around. You yeah. should under project your growth and always over project your expenditure so that you know, let's say in the worst come situation, how my uh, the six months plan is going to look like, right? Uh, especially uh, if you're in a business of daily, you know, revenue generating. So some businesses like B2B today, have a 30 day or a 40 day or 50 day credit cycles, right? You get money post 50 or 60 days from customers. So you need to manage those credit cycles. But a business like ours, where you have money coming in every day, it is very important to do that cash management, um, you know, on a daily basis, how much expenditure you're doing on a daily basis, keeping the right kind of records and ensuring that you're not over spending, uh, you know, on a particular month, whatsoever is the reason. So I think the hard control of money will only come when True. there's someone, are uh, you keeping a track of the expenditure for a business like us on a day-to-day basis? What is going out and what is coming in? If you're coming in is much, much lesser than what is going out, then obviously, you know, your books will look pretty red and you would sooner yeah. need that fund to come in, right? Um, so I think we also started doing this pretty late, right? We would have done this much earlier when we raised our first round. We would have done those bookkeepings pretty neat, but as a founder, you're so busy in your operational hustles and, you know, raising other rounds that sometimes you completely, you know, miss out on that angle that how much runway do you have? And, um, you know, every month when you're projecting something, if you're not meeting it, then how much you've also spent on meeting those targets. I think when you do that very clearly, um, you would you would not have such issues of uh, runway. But having said that, I think in an era where we are in, it is very important to build a business, um, you know, where uh, at least the business is able to produce operational break-even, if not at yeah. a brand level uh, profitability. Because if you're not even if you're not making unit economics positive in every transaction, then it doesn't. The business will never, um, you know, uh, flourish. That's number one. And number two, it is never going to get any tractions from VCs because. Yeah. VCs will look for a business, um, you know, where today, and you know, this is a question which VCs used to ask us. So example, if today we give you whatever money you want to run your business, let's say $1 billion, how fast can you scale your business? If you can answer that question, right? So you exactly know, first of all, what the business model is, because a lot of businesses doesn't have that proposition that today, if we pump in, let's say $1 billion, you can build a business of, let's say a 2 billion or a 3 billion, right? Uh, that kind of right. vision should be there as part of the planning when you're doing it. Um, and just a very, very strong control on your accounting, which again, like I said, we don't do. Hire, invest, there are just, just going off the track, invest in two big things in a startup. Number one, a good lawyer when you're signing any kind of your agreements or whatever, right? Because that will save you from a lot of costs at a future date if things go wrong. And number yeah. two, invest in a good CA, right? Who would guide you how to invest, what to do, what not to do, and keep a tight uh, control on your spend. So these are the two big investments, which we did not do very early on, which we should have done. Right, right. No, very well said, Renu. But, you know, whoever I speak to now in, uh, you know, I think that's a great dilemma that founders go through as to when to raise money. 
and uh, you know so did you have a valuation target or did you have how did you what is that process in terms of you know if you could break it down to the the smallest level for people to understand as to when is the right time to raise money and what is that what is that one should look for or target to to go about raising funds in a business when you're valuing business um, like i was saying that you have a pre money valuation and a post money valuation depending on how much fund you want to raise first of all so you need your plan needs to say this let's say if i'm want to raise 10 cr this 10 cr will last for next 2 years or 3 years basis that you basically value your company backwards right so what is pre pre money value right that today if a business is doing 10 lakh and let's say in 12 months it's going to do 5 cr uh, of the annual you know uh, revenue and basis your uh, monthly run rate post your 12 months you can calculate your valuation so for example you are saying my valuation will start anywhere above 5 cr and, and up because in next one year i'll be doing 5 cr and up kind of a revenue with my monthly run rate going up by let's say from 10 lakh to let's say you know 80 lakh or a 1 cr kind of a number now your investors will go back and look at look at your your growth plan and your minimum pre money value valuation will start at 5 cr right uh, and above and then you can negotiate you can call that 5 cr you can call it 8 cr you can so basically how it works is people ask you 2x of the revenue the annual run rate whatever is your annual run rate 2x or 3x or 10x of that revenue can become your valuation right uh, now that's pre money and post money is whatever investor is putting in the business you add that money to your valuation and they then say that i have now raised this round and my investor has put in 10 10 cr my uh, pre money valuation was 5 cr 10 cr has come in the business now my total valuation has gone up by 15 cr so that's how you can divide your sort of valuation but it's generally in multiples people say 2c 2x 3x 5x so depends on how fast you are growing you can always uh, you know fluctuate the number and there is no right or wrong number everyone sort of do bidding on those numbers and if investors really see a potential in this they can agree to as high as 10x or if they don't see a potential but still want to take a risk they would uh, call the valuation as low as 2x uh, but generally on an average i have seen 4 to 5x minimum uh, of the valuation which businesses today ask when they raise uh, any kind of funds right right uh, i completely agree with that you know and uh, it's really difficult uh, to you know sit in the front of the investors and uh, try to you know showcase that magic metric to them uh which can actually uh tell them about the viability of your uh, early stage startup uh, what was uh, that particular magic metric uh for you when we started i think there were very few b2b startups which used to get funding it's only b2c startup which were pretty hot in the market right when we started the only trend which vc circle uh, was going after is a network effect so how what what does network effect means right so today the same question right today as a business if i want to give you 1 billion dollar can you scale it up basis the money if money is not the limit how faster can you scale this business right so take an example of an uber cab uh, uber or ola or food businesses right where 
what you have to do is you basically just need to keep adding more people and your business will start growing basis you know the number of people you are adding in your network right so that's called networking effect where you set up a playbook let's say in our case we we'll set up a playbook for a city gurgaon we say this is the playbook to launch in gurgaon and if i get more money i'll copy paste this playbook in delhi in bombay in you know bangalore in international countries because the playbook will remain the same right the the format in which the execution will happen the software everything will remain the same is just the cities will change right so that was uh, something which we were driving on yep. uh, i think there were a couple of things which excited the cust- uh, the the vcs basically number one was the kind of business we were we were in because uh, somebody like an uber ola were raising lot of money uh you know growfers has raised a lot of money and they all were in the network effect business right so uh our business was network effect because with every new beautician you add you get more revenue uh the the opportunity was that people do take salon services uh irrespective of uh, covid non covid people will still get their eyebrow done they want to still look beautiful irrespective like how hospitals yeah. during any point in time will work beauty service is any such industry where you would need haircut for men and for women lot of other services right so this industry is here to grow that was number 1 number 2 you have lot of beauticians available in the market every year there are so many beauticians which are available who want to earn more money right they want to do freelancing work and are very much available so that was a second opportunity they were looking at and what is our our cost of acquiring these beauticians the cost is only this that you need to give them a kit they are already trained you need to give them a kit and a software the software for you know um just managing their orders etc and and you're good to go right now let's say if you're launching in a new city you just need to add more beautician you have the software ready you have your playbook ready you exactly know how to serve a customer at at home environment and you just need to train them and get them ready uh, you have a good talent pool which is available right so that was the major thing which i think um, you know uh, vcs were attracted at the network effect right with every new beautician i will get a revenue so my my chances only to add more beautician in the network and keep exploring that right uh, so that was something which excited them uh, and it was new in the market not many people were doing it uh, and um, you know with the kind of uh, you know uh, uh, time we were living in where we were so busy uh, people don't want to step out um, you know uh, look at bombay weather where half of the time it's raining look at delhi weather it's so hot or it's so cold at any given point in time comfort was something the millennials were looking at and that was a clear proposition for investors to invest in the business yeah fantastic i have a follow up question on that before i move on to the next uh, did you face like this sounds great you know you you had the magic uh, sort of you know metrics with you you had a great story you knew uh, you had you know finances in control but were there rejections or was it easy to raise whatever you you did so far um so you know when there's less competition so um uh then you know it's very difficult to raise funds because people don't know about the business idea Uh, when there is one business let's say which has raised some good amount of money and suddenly there are two three such businesses which exist in the market then investors have a fear of missing out the fomo happens right and then they start investing in couple of such similar startup so when we started up i think the biggest challenge were there were not enough uh, um, you know startup in the beauty space per se who were delivering home salon services so though it was an exciting proposition for investors but they didn't had like a full proof success story neither in the west nor in india 
uh, for to invest heavily in, in that particular sector right they were still thinking whether to do or not but the only thing which they were aware of is beauty as a sector will grow because people are becoming more conscious of looking great right uh, so that right. was the main proposition so yes there were a lot of rejections at the start we would have at least met if not more 50 60 investors at any given point in time pitching wow. them the idea discussing you know the pros and cons of businesses etc uh, we do did had rejections uh, also because we were two we, uh, women female um, you know uh, co-founders etc so there were a lot of things which were which were challenging apart from the business model but i would say one thing right and i actually missed out this point in your last question about the magic matrix is that if your unit economics looks good right where today if your acquisition cost of a customer is let's say 1 rupee and you are making 10 rupee right uh, and your operational cost is let's say 5 rupees so your marketing cost is 1 rupee your operational cost is 5 rupees you are getting 10 rupee from a customer you are still making 4 rupees of revenue at least on that transaction right if you can show that matrix to a uh, to a vc right the unit economic uh, unit economic matrix along with with the story that it can grow faster than what yeah. you are today that sells like a hot cake but in terms of rejections yes uh, met lot of vcs attended lot of uh, you know um, uh, programs uh, uh, where you know where you have those seed funding programs available uh, accelerator program which you call them so we attended lot of those also uh, at a later stage uh, to get lot of traction um, somewhere we got success somewhere we didn't uh, and 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 lastly at the end of the day uh, you know we got vlcc on board who actually gave that kind of trust to the brand and you know invested and it make complete sense for them it was a strategic partnership because they are already in such a business and their Correct. health could only increase or grow the business right fantastic and uh, thanks reno you've been so open about how you ran the business and how you started and you know if you were to were to really summarize as a couple of mistakes that you did uh, which if you were to uh, and not only pertaining to your business but just as an entrepreneur if you can highlight maybe one or two or three key mistakes and how would you uh, you know turn that into advice for uh, entrepreneurs today uh, that they shouldn't do or they should do you know in in whatever tonality you want to take that so some mistakes that you wouldn't want anyone to repeat or you know you would want that to be learning for others correct um just two things right so number one i think as an entrepreneur we want to do everything so we micromanage every damn thing in the organization we want to pick up the customer call we want to serve the order we want to drop the beautician to the customer location we want to do multiple things right but you have to understand what are the top 3 priorities for you as an entrepreneur which will help the business grow right if you're going to get involved in the daily mundane tasks then you're not going to have that that kind of bandwidth to think more from strategic point of view for the business so i think we did a lot of such stuff at the early time where you know we used to just and that just to save couple of bucks right but trust me if you want to just save those yeah. couple of bucks in the start that's not going to help instead have the right kind of team hire it uh, and i always give this example that you know um, as a startup lot of time you uh, hire a much cheaper resource in your system thinking maybe the expensive one you will not be able to retain for longer time but the most important thing you need to look at is what is the value at these two resources will bring to the table right somebody with more experience more confidence um you know maybe a little higher pay and at a higher pay package versus somebody who has less experience probably will not be able to immediately help you in next 6 months but at a lower package 
I chose the one with the lower package. I thought, okay, the rest I will manage, right? But as an entrepreneur, like I said, you don't have time to manage a lot of things. You need such strong people in your team who can help you grow and take it to next stage. You need to take that risk of that six months, um, you know, let's say paid salary to these people and take that. If it doesn't work, that's fine, right? But take that risk. So I think the number one was obviously doing too much of micromanagement um, and doing all by ourselves, thinking that I'm a superwoman. And number two, um, also, um, you know, not able to hire the right team at the right time, uh, which is very, very important. As a startup, you should have those three, four good people in the team. And the third most important thing, you asked two, but I want to mention the third thing is manage your, uh, you know, uh, money in the right fashion. Invest in the right place. Take risk. Pivot immediately if you think things are not working. Don't wait. Okay, let me wait for two months. Let me see this. Let me do that. Don't do that. If you think things are not working like you planned, things are not working, change the model, change the model, change the model, take that risk, keep pivoting. I think when you do those pivoting and different tests and, um, you know, trials and tests, you definitely arrive at a model which will work for your business, right? But if you keep doing similar thing every morning, you come back to business, exactly do same thing which you have been doing for last six months, things won't change for you. Every day has to be changed for startup, which early on, I think we missed out because we were so busy in that operational stuff. We never actually put in a lot of, uh, you know, brain in how do we reach from point A to point B from growth perspective. So these are something which everyone should keep in mind. Fantastic. Fantastic. Great learnings there. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. And uh, there's a famous saying, you know, that uh, you don't hire people to uh, help in what you do. You hire people to uh, help in the things that you cannot do. So uh, it's really important that you hire the right kind of people for the right kind of job. And yes, I mean, these are the things that uh, you go through as an entrepreneur, as a business, as a startup in your early stages. And you realize, and I'm sure uh, people listening today and watching us on YouTube and LinkedIn would have gained a lot many good uh, key insights uh, into how you run a business and what are the things that you Uh, you know, fail at and then things that you experience and how you get up and keep going. And at the end of the day, uh, make it into something, you know, like uh, Garima says that you go from zero to one. So how you go from zero to one is something that uh, you really need to understand. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Renu, for being with us on Hustle Lounge today. Uh, I'm sure, you know, we'll meet again soon in uh, another episode. But uh, it was lovely having you. Uh, Any closing thoughts, Garima, on this? Uh, Yeah, I think it was a fantastic chat. And very seldom do you come across entrepreneurs like yourself, Renu, who are so open about, uh, uh, you know, talking about their journey and true openness and not having guards in terms of what what is the right thing to say and what is not. So I think this chat would be truly helpful. And for a lot of people, I think we still live in that era. And I, you you also mentioned that you faced rejections because you were two women founders. And uh, uh, I think more power to women managing money. And really, I think that you've done really well. So I'm sure it was very, very encouraging for everyone to hear your thoughts today. So thank you so much, Renu. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was great chatting with you guys. Investors and angels sure want to know how long your runway is while you are busy in day-to-day operations and are doing everything right to scale your business. Never lose sight of your organization's financial goals. Hustle, learn, employ the right person to do this, but never lose sight of your runway. 
Absolutely, Garima. I also want to add that a lot of entrepreneurs feel women aren't good with money. Renu, a true blue hustler, just busted that myth. Thank you all for tuning in today. Please do reach out to us at hustlelounge at sociallydesi.com for any suggestions, feedback and collaborations that you may have in mind. See you next Tuesday. Keep hustling.